With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Study the Bible chronologically. We use a King James Version Bible. We ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding in the name of Yahshua. Regarding John prepares the way for the Lord. Last time, we studied Mark and what Mark told us about John the Baptist preparing the way. Today, you open your Bibles, King James Version, to Matthew chapter 3. John prepares the way. We'll look at um, Matthew and we'll pick it up in verse 1. Matthew chapter 3 verse 1. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his pass straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locust and wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptized of him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth therefore fruits, meat for repentance, and think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father, For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptized you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the gardener, but he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. That is um, the part that we're going to study having to do with John the Baptist prepares the way in Matthew. We're going through verses 1 through 12. Now we're going to break it down because there's a lot of stuff in here. And the first verse says, 
In those days came John the Baptist preaching the wilderness in the wilderness of Judea. Okay, so this first verse is telling us that John the Baptist preached, came preaching, came preaching. He had a job to do. Remember, he grew in stature and wisdom in the wilderness. And so he came preaching in the wilderness. He did not go into the city. It says preaching in the wilderness, not from the wilderness, not from the wilderness into the city. He stayed out in the wilderness. He did not have anything to do with civilization. So uh, the word baptism, we're going to take a look at that word. And that is a Baptist. He's a baptizer. And that's what the word means. He's a baptizer. So he was a baptizer. And what else was he? He was a preacher to herald as a public crier, divine truth. John comes from Hebrew and it means Yahweh favored. And so John, Yahweh favored, was a baptizer and herald the truth. And where did he do it? In the wilderness. The wilderness, this word in the language means lonesome, a wasteland. He did not go where there was civilization. And it wasn't any old wilderness. It was the wilderness of Judea. And Judea comes from a word which is Hebrew. And it means to belong to Judah. So, the area that belonged to Judah. And we know Judah was one of the 12 tribes of Jacob. And Judah, the name means celebrated. And of course, David was of the tribe of Judah. So, this first verse is telling us that John the Baptist, favorite of God, had a job to do. It was to baptize. It was to preach. It was to stay in the wilderness near the descendants of Judah. Now, what was he preaching? Verse 2. Verse 2 says, And saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. At hand, of course, means near. It's not there yet. The kingdom of heaven is not near, is not there, but it is approaching. Uh, repent means to think differently. So John is saying, think differently. And the reason? Because the kingdom of heaven is closing in, is near, it's approaching. Then the next verse, so we know that this repent means to think differently. The next verse, verse 3, tells us a little bit different stuff. It was prophecy. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, 
saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, and make his paths straight. So this time, we don't need to go and look at the languages. What we need to look at is where is this prophecy in Isaiah, Isaiah is Isaiah. So let's go to the prophet Isaiah, Old Testament, and find out about this prophecy. And you're going to find that in Isaiah chapter um, 40. So let's go to chapter 40. And the prophecy it was talking about is verse 3. But what we're going to do is we're going to read what was said, Isaiah 40, from 1 to 3, because it's important to understand this. It's part of what God wants us to know. That's why he puts it in Scripture. So you go back and you look and you find out some more information. So what is verse 1 Isaiah saying? It says, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. God's telling his people, his people, be comforted. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. So, God is letting Jerusalem know, his people, through the prophet Isaiah, don't worry, Jerusalem, be comforted, because your punishment has been completed. Not only that, your iniquity will be pardoned. And the reason is because you have received from the Lord's hand, the Lord punished you double for all your sins. So all that worshiping of other gods and all the abominations that Israel did to God, God punished her twice for it. And so her iniquity is pardoned. Then verse 3 explains how the sins are pardoned. And that's verse 3. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. So, God is saying your sins are going to be pardoned. And there's one coming. Prepare the way for him. He's coming. And that there's someone that's going to come first and let you know the Lord is on his way. And so Israel has already received her judgment or justice for her sins. And the Lord is sending someone to prepare the people so that they can accept the pardon. Let's find out a little bit more about, Matt, about John the Baptist and what he did and how he lived, which is important to understand. Matthew 3, 4. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. So we see here 
in verse 4 that Matthew is letting us know about John. John the Baptist was a different type of person. He was set aside. He didn't come out of the wilderness. He lived in the wilderness. People came to him in the wilderness. And what he wore was camel's hair. He also wore a leather girdle about his loins. And what did he eat? He ate locust and wild honey. This is telling us that what he lived on was in nature. He didn't go to any store. He didn't go to his mother and father. He didn't go to anybody, any relative, to get food or clothing. No, he stayed completely away from worldly things. So John lived in the wilderness and was not connected or used things of this world. And obviously, people knew that. And so he was different from birth. And they knew he was out there in the wilderness. So that's why they came once he started to, um, you know, go out and come closer to where the people were. And they heard about him and they came to him. Let's continue and find out who went to this John who became famous. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan. So as we can see, all that area, they went about the whole area went to John the Baptist in the wilderness. Six, and was baptized of him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. All right, regarding verse five, going to look at that a little bit more. I want to remind us about John's birth so that you know that the people knew he was different. And so to do that, you got to go back to what we looked at already, Luke. And you got uh, chapter 1 in Luke. And we're going to look at um, 65. And of course, um, we see John the Baptist is born. And let's pick it up in 65. Awe fell upon the whole neighborhood, and the news of what had happened spread throughout the Judean hills. Everyone who heard about it reflected on these events and asked, What will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was surely upon him in a special way. So, at the birth of John the Baptist, everyone had heard about him, and they knew that he was special. And they didn't forget about him. You know, they knew that, that John the Baptist, the John, this John went out to the wilderness and he lived there. And they knew that for all those years. And then it tells us, um, verse 80 is Zechariah's prophecy. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says, John grew up and became strong in the spirit. And he lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel. So, going back here, 
we can see, verse 5, the people knew that John was out in the wilderness. He had been there and he didn't, he was not connected to the world. The people knew that. And he was saying, repent, think differently for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And what happened? Verse five, we will read it again. Then went out to him, Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan. So that's why they went out there because they knew of him from his birth. Everybody in that area knew about John the Baptist and they knew something special was going to happen with him, but they didn't know what until he started his public ministry. Verse five continuing, I mean, verse six continuing. And so what happened? All these people came out to him in the wilderness and what did they do? And were baptized of him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. So in the English, that sounds like they were baptized in the water and they confessed their sins while they were being baptized in the water. Well, let's see what it actually says in the languages, which is why I say you must have a strong concordance to look up the meanings of words. So, baptize, we've looked into this word before. The word baptize means, all it means is to immerse or to overwhelm. Water is not a part of that particular word unless water is also used in the verse it's talking about. So they say baptized in the Jordan. Obviously the Jordan is water. So in that particular instance, Jordan is water. So you so the people were baptized, immersed in the Jordan. It says the current or brook of Jordan, by the way. It's a small stream. And that word, for some unknown reason, is missing from the English. I don't know why, but it's not the mighty Jordan River. It's a current or brook. So the people were immersed in the current or brook of Jordan. And what were they doing? Confessing the sins. What does this word confessing means? It doesn't mean to tell your sins. The word means to acknowledge your sins, to acknowledge. So they were being baptized, acknowledging that they were sinners. Just to make sure that we understand that they were acknowledging they were sinners, but what were they sinning about? which is the important part having to do with the Jews. They were acknowledging that they were not following the commands that God had given Moses. Instead, they were following the commands of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And if you missed it last time, what that is, is that according to the commands of God, they were to have a temple 
we know Solomon's temple. That was the house of God. And they were to have a temple, and that's where the priests did their work for God, his rituals that God had given them, their assignments to do and things like that, having to do with offerings and sin sacrifices and stuff like that. But there was one temple that everybody, when they had to partake or wanted to partake of these um, rituals, offerings and such, or sins, sacrifices and such, that they had to go to the one temple to do it. There was no temple in every town. And what happened is, is that around the time of the Maccabees, which of course is a book of the Bible, not of the King James because they took it out, but the Maccabees occurred after uh, the Jews had been released from Babylon and went back to Jerusalem and set up a nation. And after the Maccabees, or around the time of the Maccabees, the um, priests decided that they wanted to make sure the people didn't go against God, which is good, but they came up with their own way to not go against God, which was to have what they call synagogues. And they placed these synagogues in, in the, each town had a synagogue or synagogues, depending. And what a synagogue was is a Bible school. That's what it was. It was a Bible school so that on the Sabbath, the people would get educated by the priests, back in the time of the Maccabees, would get educated by the priests to know what the Bible commands of God were, what Moses had told them about the prophets came in and all of that stuff. They were taught in the synagogues. And, of course, ultimately it it um, um, morphed into not what God said, which is the Levites, the children of Aaron, were supposed to be teaching the, the people and not in synagogues. They were supposed to be teaching the people. And it changed to Pharisees. And then, of course, you had different sects of Pharisees. One group thought this way and another group thought that way. And so then you had different synagogues in the towns and you went to this school learning the Bible or that school learning the Bible, which, of course, all of it was wrong because God never said to do it. It's man's way of doing things. So that's, in Jesus' time, what was going on was that they were not following the commands of God. They were following the commands of the Pharisees and what they told them to learn and the Sadducees and stuff. And so the sins and why they were sinning was because they were making void 
the word of God. And they had to turn back to the way God showed them to do it. One temple in Jerusalem, that's it. Not temples in every town, not synagogues in every town. That's what it was. Nothing about telling what your sins were. It's not a list of sins. You must tell your sins and, and, be, and then you can be baptized. That's not what that's saying. But it does sound like that in the English. And of course, that's not what Scripture says. The English being translated wrong has caused many denominations to follow false doctrine, just like the Pharisees had the Jews doing in the time of Jesus. Today, we have the same problem. What do you see today? You see what Jesus didn't tell us to do, okay? But what the Pharisees decided to do back in the Maccabees time, you see, the Pharisees were created out of the Maccabees time, so for a good reason, but you can't do your own thing. You have to do what God commands you to do. Just like the churches today, and for a very long time, they have decided to do their own thing, which is, guess what? You go into each city in the United States anyway, and you're going to find at least one or two churches, mostly one or two. If it's a small town, you're never going to find just one church because that's not the way that people do it. See, they this church teaches this thing, and this church teaches this thing, and that one, and this, and this. You know, you've got here locally, you've got a church uh, on every corner almost, and they're all teaching their own thing. That is not what Jesus taught us to do. What Jesus taught us to do, people, is to go from house to house. You understand? That's how you're supposed to have church get-togethers, fellowship among the brethren, is from house to house so that you can see what each other is doing. Because at the church, people can hide the way they act at home. But you see, part of the problem in the church today is that they don't want to know how you're acting at home because according to the Bible, you're supposed to kick them out of the church if they're not acting appropriately, obviously. You've got to talk to them first. As long as they're a believer, you're not supposed to have non-believers in your church. So that's another thing. You would know if they really believed in Jesus, and then you'd say, sorry, you're not welcome here. You either believe or you don't believe, and that's what we want in our church, fellowship group. And so you'd get rid of them. And then those that do believe, you would get rid of the ones that are sinning if they don't stop sinning. You don't want them around. Paul tells you that. You don't want to be around people that aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing and giving glory to God. So you see, the Pharisees and the Sadducees started it all, and that's what was going on in the time of Jesus. And so 
Christians just took up there, and instead of doing what Jesus showed them and told them to do, they decided that they would do like the Pharisees were doing, which was making a synagogue, and everybody went to the synagogue on the time they gathered together. Let's continue. Chapter 3, verse 7. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth, therefore, fruits, meat for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. So, let's take this verse by verse. Normally, I don't get involved with genealogies or anything to do with it unless Scripture brings up the uh, subject. And in this case, it has, because we're going to look at verse 7 first. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? There's a lot said in verse 7. First of all, he saw many. So not all the Pharisees and Sadducees came. Many came. And both groups, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, came. One group believed in the resurrection. The other group does not believe in the resurrection. One group was the legalist, completely following the law. The other group was the group that followed the law their way. And he saw them coming to their baptism. So the next thing we're going to look at is he was watching who was being baptized. And so are we supposed to accept anybody that wants to be baptized? Uh, well, according to this, no. Uh, because he said unto them, to this group of Pharisees and Sadducees, and again, you have to understand, he is not talking to the common people. He is talking to religious leaders, the priests, the pastors, those that are supposed to know the word of God and the commands of God. So he said unto them, O generation of vipers. Now, he calls them a generation of vipers, and I want us to take a look at that in the um, languages because you have to understand it's a little bit more intense than just generation of vipers and even the King James in this situation has it a little bit mild compared to what is actually said by John the Baptist and he said to them generation let's look up that word generation and generation means offspring it's talking about offspring, and it comes from the word to procreate. 
This is talking about a genealogy, a group of people that were the offspring. And what were they, who was their father? What offspring were they? Because the word comes to procreate properly of the father. So who was their father? And it says of vipers. Now, what is this word vipers? It is snake, a poisonous snake. So do you think that these Pharisees and Sadducees were actually children of snakes, flesh snakes that slither on the ground? I'm hoping you say no. So what snake is mentioned in scripture? Do you know? There is a snake mentioned in scripture. And to do, to find out about that, about snakes mentioned in scripture, you're going to need your Strong's concordance or a concordance to look up the word. Now snake, serpent, viper, all the same. So we're going to look up the word serpent because a serpent and a snake are the same. And so where is the word serpent used in scripture? Well, the first place the word serpent is used, Hebrew, Old Testament, Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, and it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So, here we go again. The English is letting us think that this is actually talking about a creature, as in a slithering snake. Well, this is the first place that word serpent is used. And I want to go to the last place the word serpent is used, but first I want us to look up the meaning of that word serpent in the Hebrew first, just so you know what it actually is in Hebrew. And the serpent, in Hebrew, the word should be translated a snake. So, like I said, the first time the word is used, the snake is Genesis chapter 3. So these are the offspring of the snake. Now, again, is this talking about a literal animal called or reptile called a snake? Well, let's go to the last place the word serpent is used in scripture. The first place we see he's talking to Eve. Let's look at the last place and see what it says in the last place in scripture that the word serpent is used is Revelation chapter 20 verse 2. 
Let's take a look at Revelation chapter 20, verse 2. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is called the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. So, we see here in Revelation 22 that God wants us to know this is one and the same. He calls him the dragon. Scripture uses that, uh, tells us about a dragon. That old serpent from the Old Testament, that one from Genesis, from the beginning of the Bible. Old serpent. Why do you think the word old is used? And what is that old serpent? What is that dragon? Is the devil. We also call him the devil. And he's also called Satan. So now you understand it was not talking about an animal. It was talking about Satan. So according to our study, we just did. John the Baptist is telling these Pharisees and Sadducees that they are offspring of Satan. And that's procreate. That isn't a figure of speech or a uh, symbology. It's procreate. He actually is their father. And it says in another place, I just want us to look at it for one um, minute and we will continue with this verse. But first of all, I want us to look at somebody else who talked to these Pharisees and Sadducees and called them a generation of vipers. And that would be in Matthew. So Matthew chapter 12. And who is speaking in Matthew chapter 12? Go to Matthew chapter 12. And it is Jesus speaking. So Jesus is saying the same thing. And he calls them in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. Uh, let's try 33 to understand. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So Jesus is also speaking to this generation of vipers. Did Jesus talk about them again in more detail? Let's go to John chapter 8. And what did Jesus say this time? John chapter 8, verse 43, the last uh, book. Why do ye not understand my speech? Jesus asked them a question. Even because ye cannot hear my word. You can't hear what I'm saying. And why? 44. Ye are of your father, the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. So 
Jesus is saying that these Pharisees and Sadducees are the offspring, the genealogy, the descendants of Satan. And he was a murderer and a liar from the beginning. We see that scripture is very specific and John the Baptist is saying, O generation of vipers, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers. And then he asked them a question. Who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Now, as we can see, John knew that there was a wrath to come. And that, of course, is the wrath of God, which comes upon the children of disobedience. He's asking them a question. They're coming down here to get baptized. And he's saying, who's warned you? Did he just accept them and say they came down to be baptized? And he said, okay, come on, you children of Satan. And, uh, you know, I'll baptize you. And by the way, if this stuff is um, a little bit over your head or something that you don't understand, that's okay. Like I said, I don't get into genealogies unless it's actually mentioned in the Word of God. But when I do get into genealogies, it is mentioned by the Word of God. And I do show you what the Word of God says. Because you're not supposed to care about what the church says, or what the pastor says, or what even your Bible says. You're supposed to care what the true Word of God says, which you need to go into the languages to find that because the English messes up. And that completes this study. Study the Bible chronologically. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.